The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Welcome to Success Secrets Exposed with Sally A. Curtis, where we share stories of challenge, success, and inspiration, along with practical tips and strategies to move you forward to your success. And now, here's your host, Sally A. Curtis. Good evening, good morning, and welcome to a marketing magic episode for this month we do this on the on every thursday and friday the first thursday and friday of every month uh, and it's once again and it is marketing magic today we're going to be talking about tools and tips to increase your profitability super excited to have you join me again celeste thank you Thank you. I am always excited about marketing magic because I think it's um, it's topics that anyone who's doing business out there needs to hear a little bit about, isn't it? Absolutely. So I'll just introduce myself for those that don't know me. I'm a marketing and business development strategist for speakers, coaches and consultants. And I specialise in content repurposing and LinkedIn lead generation. And it's my role to help you amplify your voice, your message and your impact. And Celeste is a fellow marketing strategist. So please introduce yourself for those that don't know you yet, Celeste. Yeah, so I'm Celeste and I'm the founder of Lustosa Marketing and um, like my uh, friend Sally, I'm a marketing strategy but we specialise in service providers and the implementation of a marketing strategy. So we take the load of your day-to-day marketing and we help you with that as well. Fantastic. So let's let's dive in because we were just saying just before the show that we actually have lots of things to cover today um, as it relates to tools and tips. So we're going to start with tips first. And one of the great uh, tips that uh, Celeste came through with was being honest in your sales copy. Um, so I'm going to get you to explore um, the being honest in that. And then I want to talk about bringing in the personality uh, of the person into the sales copy so it's not too boring beige. So can I ask you to kick off, please? Yeah, so I think one of the things that um, customers really get annoyed with, which Mm. will ultimately impact your sale increase in the growth of your business, is the over-promising. So, oh, Mm. and there's more, and there's more, and there's more. And I always find that that can really um, backfire you if you're not really delivering on all those promises. Mm. One of the things that wows customers and make them really want to stay and come back for more is Mm. the, you know, when you over-deliver. So I think Mm. the key here is to not over-promise but to over-deliver. And I think that's what can wow people and say, okay, my copy is being um, fair to to the features or the whatever we're offering, but – we're going to go that mile extra and we're going to mm. over-deliver it because yeah. we all know that people get a bit sick and tired of the talk, you know. Yeah. Why don't you just flip that and walk the walk 
yeah. instead of talking the talk in the copy. Uh, and yeah. I think people are a bit smarter these days. Like there's just so many copies out there promising and promising and, you know, make money while you sleep kind of thing. And people are mm. starting to get, oh, really? Yeah. What do you think, Sally? Yeah, totally agree. And that um, that suspicion or that I call it the hinky feeling where someone's reading something or you meet somebody at a networking event and everything's going well, you're reading the copy and it's going well and then something something else is in the copy and you sort of get that sort of hinky feeling and people back away. Um, I think that's why it's very important, as you said, to have the, uh, the copy as honest as possible, uh, also making sure you over-deliver um, and uh, certainly adding your personality in there. One of the things as it relates to copy and um, being the honest and true, authentic you is making sure that the personality comes through and shines uh, through in your copy or your LinkedIn profile writing, for example. If people read it and don't feel or get the sense of you, then they're not going to engage. So it's about bringing in that personality. Um, and, and I the think we we spoke about the brand personality and identity mm. in the last show. So yeah. if you guys could watch that last show again, I think that's a good segue as well. So that brand personality mm. needs to be in your sale, needs to show mm. the customer who, who you truly are as a business, right? Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Um, and one of the other things that you talked about and we've uh, discussed at length is showing off customer testimonials and sort of really digging in and demonstrating, um, showing off your credibility to help build trust. So do you want to explore that and then I'll explore it from a content repurposing perspective as well? Absolutely. So I think... Um Research has been showing us, and this is coming from a data perspective, that mm. people will believe their peers more than what they believe you say about your mm. uh, services or your business. Because you're coming from a very biased perspective, obviously. Nobody's going to create a copy about what they're selling in a negative way or without mm. really enhancing what's extraordinary about it. Mm. People know that. Uh, I remember talking to a CEO once and saying, look, you're actually not going to be in this media interview. We're going to have only customers because everybody mm. will look at you and say, look, you, you're paid to say these things. This is your job mm. to, to make this company look good. A customer says it. They don't have to. They're not getting mm. paid for it. And mm. if they didn't have a genuine good experience, they – they're not going to say anything. Um, mm. So people will trust that uh, testimonial. They'll trust the reviews. And mm. just very quickly before I bounce it back to you, Sally, it's just, you mm. know, with the digital world, the reviews are out there for everybody to read. Yeah. So that is also going back to over-delivering on a great customer experience and a great service because the same way that a customer can in within five minutes go to Google and put, a review to the world, they can also put the bad experience. So just bear in yeah. mind that there's always two sides to that uh, magic mm. tool yes. that can increase your sale, but that can also, um, you know, put you on your toes uh, when it comes to customer service, can't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the, the golden things. Um, initially, I'm sort of going back slightly old school again. Before the reviews come out, uh, we had uh, LinkedIn recommendations because, of course, that's my space. Um, and it was, I always say to clients, no, 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 don't worry about getting it, asking to get it on the website. Get it on your LinkedIn profile because if it's on the LinkedIn profile, they've had to write it, their photos are included, um, and we can then use it across to a website. But also with those customer testimonials, you can actually create little content uh, tiles or uh, and or videos if you get a video testimonial from a client. But if you don't get the video testimonial, but you've got the copy, you can utilize it in different ways. So you're always uh, demonstrating uh, what customers have said about you um, and also demonstrating your expertise. So just yeah. quickly on that sort of demonstrating expertise uh, scenario, I, I'm seeing a real trend at the moment um, on from a posting and a social media perspective where people are uh, doing lots and lots of, I'm going to call it long copy, lots and lots of articles which do demonstrate their personality, but because we're uh, and their skills, but because we're so busy at the moment, um, we actually need to be doing bite-sized chunks, smaller amounts of it. Um, so I'm just going to su uh, suggest the tip um, to actually break down any of the long co content or copy or sales copy that you use and all the testimonial sections that you've got and create it into bite-sized chunks that are easy for your customers to, to digest you on a regular basis. And that actually helps to increase trust as well. Increase trust, but the other thing that does as well, Sally, and we know this is a service that you provide and help so many people with, but it saves people time because yes. obviously the, and, and um, it impacts the sales indirectly because not only uh, you have a content that's going to support your conversion, but also it's saving you time because mm. if you create that one page but that produced one week of worth of your social media mm. that can be scheduled and you don't have to think about it, that's time that you can spend. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the whole scenario, isn't it? Don't we want to get back to spending more time with either our loved ones and or serving our clients better? That's uh, what we're on the planet for to, you know, make the impacts that we've all been quested to do. So, yeah, great point. Thank you very, very much. And um, just, to, just quickly, just to, to kind of close the loop on the testimonials, one thing yeah. that you, I, I just want people to be very uh, aware is that, Fake testimonials are always a no-no. So um, I was actually checking a business the other day because people today, they will dig, they will dig, they will Google, yeah. they will Google people. And um, I had a, a business trying to sell a service to, to my business and mm. we went through the testimonials. They all looked amazing and, and people didn't exist. So oh, you've got to appreciate that there's ways of seeing. So if, if Sally made a testimonial to a business, I actually go and check Sally's LinkedIn mm. profile mm. and see who, who she actually is. Why should I hear her and, and things like that? And there mm. were lots of fake profiles out there. So please, that is so detrimental to your brand yeah. and it will never work in your favor. So if no. you don't have... Um, enough testimonials or, or reviews, just um, engage with clients and say, look, why don't I give you a little 
taste of this service mm. so you can uh, then do a review, which we'll talk about the little freebies and tasters. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, and I'll, I'll I'll just add to that so we can get back uh, and maybe go down this rabbit warren together. But when I started my biz, one of my businesses fifteen uh, years ago, which is where the evolution of where we are now, I actually created a great uh, case study with uh, two significant people in the industry at the time. So I was lever leveraging off their credibility, but I did work for them for uh, two of them for for free to uh, create a fabulous case study that I still use to this day that I still track, track the numbers from. So, yeah, we, we'll dig into that a little bit later, okay. <laughs> which is good. Um, the next one we were wanting to talk about is um, creating a sense of urgency as it relates to the sales process um, and also being really, really transparent. So I'm going to get you to really dig into this because this is very much your arena and then there's just some little bits that I want to do either side of that if I can please. <laughs> yeah so I think um, what we've got to understand um, people sometimes they create services and products and what they're selling in their mind is oh people just need to have it mm. and that's not the truth. So creating a sense of urgency with promotion. So that's when, you know, you have specific marketing campaigns mm. and that's when you have the seasonal campaigns. So, you know, an Easter uh, promotion. So now we're around Easter time. So you might have an Easter special offer or mm. a Valentine's. And, and that's why Christmas is such a great time to, to mm. create special offers and urgency because there's that specific day you got to buy before mm. the 24th to be able to give that as a gift. Yes. But um, you can't, like, think that people just have to have what you've got. So things don't work like that. And no. uh, people's priorities are more likely than not not to, to buy your product. What the sense mm. of urgency does is it triggers that psychological formal in people. Oh, so if I don't buy that now, I'm, buy I'm paying more than what Sally did. Oh, my mm. God, I can't afford to have that. So mm. creating that formal and creating that, okay, it's it's up to today or you miss the discount. Mm. And one thing that I was going to say, coming back to being honest in your copy, if you put a copy out there and you said people who buy this week will get 20% off, stick to that. Yeah. Don't yeah. roll it out to next week because then people will never take you seriously in your next campaign. Yeah, I, I remember seeing on Facebook recently, it was a, uh, I can't remember what the tool was, but I love tools and it was an, an app and it was, it helps you create videos quicker. I can't remember what, what the brand was, um, but they, they had a promotion on Facebook saying it's um, this much off, it's 70% off and it's this much and you're going to get all this stuff. So I, I, like you, started doing, okay, well, I'm not going to buy. I'm going to do my research, check them all out. And then I found that uh, all these reviews saying that's marketing BS because they always say that it's always that price. It's never any different. And I went, oh, my God, this is a huge company that has just smashed its trust because they've got a whole lot of people saying that they are uh, providing marketing spin that doesn't actually add the value that it was saying that it was. Um, and there was hundreds of thousands of comments on, on there's this. a there's another uh thing that you got to be aware as well is that you can't just create an offer and an urgency every month 
right? Yeah. So there's a very famous brand in Australia, and I know you're here is in the in the US, but there's a very famous brand in Australia that almost went bankrupt because, mm. and I'm not going to name names just for, um, I'll tell you later, Sally. Yes, um, <laughs> and this brand almost went like out of business because they were making so much sale that it got to a point that nobody would pay, would pay full price. Mm. So the shops were empty anytime mm. that they weren't giving away 40% discounts or 60% mm. discounts because people are like, nah, I ain't buying full price from you. You're having mm. all these mega sales, you know, seven times a year, seven, eight times a year. Why would I buy full yeah. price? Yeah. It's the same product. So you've got to be aware of that. And Sally and I lately, we've been discussing FOMO a fair bit. Yes. Um, to create the FOMO, the fear of missing out, also it can't just be happening, that sense of urgency and mm. the FOMO, they go really well together in terms of increasing your sale, but you have to be very mindful that there's no such thing as a FOMO when you do it every month. I'm Correct. not yeah. missing out, I'm just going to get you the next one. So then you just um, like excluded the, the urgency because there's no urgency if you're going to have another sale in two months' time. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's also very important um, as it relates to that urgency um, to know intimately what um, is most relevant to your audience because I say to my clients all the time, yep, I know that you've got your sales target and you've got your program that you want to sell, but it's never about your timing. It's always about the client's timing. They will buy when they're ready if you have done enough things to get them through the buying, their buying, buying process. And one of those uh, scenarios is, is obviously the FOMO, is having the, the right things at the right time. But some people actually buy also based on the community or the camaraderie or the co collaboration that occurs, so the experience of the community. So I wanted to um, sort of uh, touch on that as well um, because there's, there's a sense of urgency and there's a sense of missing out, but there's a sense of I want what they've got. I want to be a part of that. There's a, there's an amazing book called uh, from Seth Gordon that is about tribes. Tribes, and yeah. It, it talks about that everybody wants to belong to a tribe, whatever yeah. that's going to look like for you. But you, we as human beings, we need to identify ourselves with a certain tribe to, you know, be part of that community and be part of what. This, so this is absolutely right. And and that's when you market certain things, like when, you, when you're talking about the, the teenagers, for example, mm. uh, and we've all been there when someone has a certain pair of sneakers, mm. that's the sneakers you got to have because everybody in the school has it. And yeah. how many times has have we come home and say, but mom and dad, everybody's got it. Um, I can't be the one kid that doesn't have it. So yeah. that happens to all of us. That happens mm. in the corporate world. You know, everybody's got certain laptops or certain technology, um, businesses, everybody's got mm. this solution or that solution. That you're absolutely right. And mm. but it's it's understanding the tribe that your brand services. So I think that's key there. Excellent. I think that leads on perfectly to the conversation around um, offering fewer choices, which was your wording. Um, and then I've got the be easy to understand, be easy to buy. 
So let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, so I think uh, one of the things that the psychology, the psychology behind the buying process mm. is more complex than people actually give really it credit nice. for, right? Yeah. So your brain to actually thinking, okay, there's a financial exchange here. I The wants versus the needs, you know, I mm. know I need food for my table, but do I need this top? Do I need this, that, you know? Um, and I think offering less things and that those things that go straight to to what the solution that I'm seeking um, mm. is for, I think it's it's it just helps the sales process a lot. Having mm. to, uh, like I remember talking to a client the other day and just like there was just too many options. Mm. And it, it got the customer confused. It gets you like, mm. oh okay, but there's this color, there's that feature, there's I don't know, confusion leads to no sales. So um, the more clarity I have, okay, this is the pen I need. This is what you're selling. This is the price point that I can, that I think it's fair, done. So Mm -hmm. putting 20 other pens that look exactly the same, but there's a slight, you know, difference here and there. um, I I don't think it, it accelerates the sales process at all. No, what were your views? Yeah, totally. And I, I, um, I remember um, somebody talking to me, and I love the pen analogy. But just have a look when you go down the toothpaste aisle at all of the different toothpastes. And I was talking to a marketing manager, or not talking, sorry, reading a marketing manager's um, insights as it related, because they came out with a silver box and a gold box on top of all of their other coloured boxes that they had. And ultimately, the toothpaste is exactly the same in a silver box as it was in the gold box. It's just that some people like silver and some people like gold, which is why they had it. But there was, when you look at the toothpaste aisle, there is so many choices. And when I'm working with um, speakers, coaches and consultants as they're coming up in the in the beginning stages, they go, oh, but I can speak on this, I can speak on that, I can speak on this, I can speak on this. And it's like, okay, yep, and I can sell this program and this program, I can do this workshop and this workshop and this workshop. And it's like too many choices. We, we need to make it, yes, you do provide all of those, but what's the underlying essence? What's the underlying change or transformation that you're creating? And let's work out how we can tell that story or that narrative because if we've got the one narrative to start with, to start with, it makes it easy to buy, especially when I'm working with clients, as you do, when we're um, we're uh, starting with ground roots and we're having to grow organically to fund the marketing and those sorts of things as well. I say to clients, you know, start with one thing. Doesn't mean you're married to that one thing forever, um, but it does give you a very good place uh, to start so people can understand what it is that you provide and that you ma- makes it easy for you to, for them to buy you because they understand you. The other thing that this um, excessive amount of choices does mm. is that then it makes the sales process become about price, which is yes. not where you want to be. So if I have 20 and, and that happens, just think of yourself going to the supermarket for your grocery and there's 35 um, toothpaste, then what that does to me is that, okay, I'll go for the cheapest because at yeah. the end of the day, they're all the same. Yeah. And then I'll go whatever is on special. Mm. Um, and then price always going to 
beat um, the sale process, which mm. then is not good for the little guys because obviously the big players can always have a price that's lower than yours yeah, in, in products and aisles because they can afford to. So just think of that. So uh, less choices, but just, you know, really understand what your target market really needs and yeah. make sure that, that that's, that's what's in the bottle. Yep, and also that's what the copy says in their language, etc. So it's easy to understand in their terms, not using your fancy words. I think we all get caught up when we first start our business being very, very clever using very fancy words, but we need to bring it back to everyday words that the client can understand. So that's um, certainly how to make yourself very, very easy to, to buy. Now, um, one of the other areas that uh, I know we're going to go down a tangent and a rabbit warren with this one, so uh, which is exciting, and that's the um, the freebies and the the free trials or the free offers. So let let me ask you to start on that, and then we'll come back and wrap it up uh, together. Yeah. So I think um, giving freebies, or like. It's always a good way to tell the customer that you're confident in what you what you're offering, right? So I think if you're confident that what I've got to give is going to be good for you and it's going to provide the solution that you're looking for, give people a trial, give people a free sample. It depends on on what you do. Um, can only work in your favor in the sales process because then you're talking long game, right? Yeah. You don't give a freebie of a one-off, people are never going to need that again. You are showing the customer, look, I'm the right brand for you mm. and here's why. You test it for yourself. I'm not trying to give you some smart, you know, ad copy that you're just going to not be sure about. Okay, yeah. try it. You have nothing to lose. The, the whole you have nothing to lose in the sales process is amazing because mm. you're telling people you do have nothing to lose. Try it. And if I'm not the right solution for you, that's okay too. So also that will help um, your brand to really identify, you know, mm. if someone's not the right fit there, that's okay. But mm. you gave them a chance to see it and they will respect you for that. And the chances of that person actually referring you yeah. or your product to someone who's a better fit that they might know within their network. So they might, I might say, look, this wasn't for me, but I tried it. Mm. And Sally, I think that will suit you. Yeah, absolutely. That will happen organically. And that's a, a, an honest place of, of sale, I think. And yeah. I think what you said uh, when we were talking, Sally, I really want you to get into that about why would you not give a freebie? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things there that I've um, that just highlighted for me as as you were talking was that process actually helps the client create a or the prospect create a choice. And if the clients come to a decision that's their own where they've made the choice, it's a much more powerful sales process because it's so honest they've brought into it they've made the decision they created you created the choice for them to choose yes or no if they then choose the yes they become really great advocates as you said and really great referral points so I think that's one of the uh, um, greatest tips or um, scenarios that you can create for yourself by giving it away something for free um, etc uh, or a trial scenario so for me um, with our audience with it being in the speaking scenario we do lots of 
um, I'll call them the, the common word was, you know, discovery calls where you actually help people solve a problem when you're on a call with them. Now, I think they're really great and you're really adding lots of value, but you need to, and we'll come into this later, talking about this in the uh, tools scenario later. But if you're going to do those sorts of things uh, with anything, you need to make sure you actually have your sales process actually mapped out. But going back into the um, giving stuff away for free, um, one of the areas that uh, was really uh, interesting when I first started the uh, business, which is actually why I started creating, doing the content repurposing, was clients that were new to the speaking or consulting game were going, oh, but I can't give that away because that's all I've got. You know, that's I've only got that thing. I can't give that away. And my biggest tip, um, and if you want to, me to get on a rant, and this might be actually a, a, a session that um, you and I do next, Celeste, is that if you can't give your, uh, great stuff away, then it just simply means that you haven't unpacked your inner genius enough. If you've unpacked it and found all of the different layers to it, you can give lots of stuff away for free and be uh, confident in doing so because you have so much more to continue to offer to clients. So I think that's uh, an important, important thing. Sorry. And what I would also uh, add to that is that when you're giving it away, dial back, especially I think for mm. for in your case or for my case, sometimes that can be just a, a product. So then a product mm. is a product. But when you're trying to, to show someone what you've got don't hold back don't say no mm. i'm doing the discovery call but i'll just tell them this much i'm not going to yeah. give my whole self because then they won't need me because that's uh, what happens is the complete opposite the mm. more you give and the more the more you show your true self mm. um and everything you've got to offer the more of you they're going to want because yeah. um you know holding back oh no i'm not going to tell them my good ideas yeah. Otherwise, they won't need me or I won't share my views on that because they haven't paid me for it. Uh, is a mindset mm. that does not Absolutely. accommodate growth at all. Yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah a great great acknowledgement. So it's creating that scarcity mindset, and that is not, um, as you said, real, uh, helpful when you're trying to grow. So it's having that service, that abundance mindset, the providing massive value, over delivering, um, to to demonstrate how somebody can work with you and how you can actually help help them move forward. I think that's uh, so 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 very very key in making that sales process enjoyable for you because don't we love actually helping people and being of service and uh, one of the common things is people go oh I don't like sales well you know if you gave uh, and felt like you were adding value in a service you completely change the way the sales process feels to you yeah. and then obviously to your customer as well yeah absolutely agree Excellent. So should we drive into some of the tools um, and things now as well and provide some tips as we go along? Now, one of my ongoing rants is you must know your numbers, but I'm going to back it off a little bit. Um, can we talk about some of the um, automation uh I suppose my automation tools and reports, and I'll ask you to do more of um, talk, start, kick this off because you do a lot more in this arena than I do. I just tend to work with the reports from e users and those sorts of things. So, can you expand on some of the areas that would be helpful for the audience that you utilize? Yeah, 
Sure. I think we're just so lucky uh, with the way we can do business today in terms of the way you can market yourself and how much easier it is to know your numbers, yeah. right? Um, so when you're in the digital world, everything can be mapped out. You can uh, tell how long someone stayed on your website, which pages they browsed, what kind of pages are grabbing people's attentions, uh, which can relate to what service people are actually needing. And there's a lot of um, intelligence that can be taken mm. out of these, these automations, mm. which are not today. They're just day-to-day marketing stuff. Your Facebook mm. analytics, your Instagram analytics, your Google analytics, they're just, you know, if you have a website, trust me, your Google analytics is there. Um, mm. You just got to look at it and yes. a <laughs> where, like, it's already there. Trust me, you're not paying extra for it. You don't need, um, but you need to go back. So when I go to, to my customers and I'm like, okay, so what are your numbers? So what do we need to work on? Mm. And they, they've never been to Google Analytics. They don't know which page of the website is actually ranking better than others mm. or what services are actually getting people's attentions and, that information is all there. So mm. we even created like this, this new service because I've noticed over and over again that people are just like, oh, I just need a new website or a new, and I'm like, do you, do you, let's go really? look at your numbers. Yeah. And then while we started uh, creating a new service, which is an audit. So we mm. give them a marketing audit. Actually, your website's working, but this service, nobody wants it yeah. because they just don't go there. But this service is what you should be focusing on in your sales process. So it kind of, everything kind of comes together nicely, but it's just, when you don't look at your numbers, you're making decisions based on what you think. And it's not about what you think, it's about what people want from you and what they need. And it's about what the customer thinks about your copy and your website. So. I think not acknowledging numbers is a very selfish way to do business because then you're just like, I think this should be like this or mm. like that. I think mm. this works, you know, mm. and um, it doesn't. Just no, you know, no, they're there. They are the, there. Yeah, uh, and the magic, let me repeat that word, the magic is in the numbers. You just have to go and look at them. And as Celeste says, most people don't. But if I challenged you to look at them once a week, once a month, and get into that habit of that, and if you need a Sally nag, the habit is created by putting a note in your calendar that repeats and reminds you to look at it. That was how I had to start. I, I, I'm a habitual person. I have to have things mapped in my diary or it doesn't happen. If it's in your diary, it will happen. Um, that comes back to another rant around cash flow follows your calendar, but we won't go there today. Um, but I think it's really, really important to actually look at the data. And from my perspective, um, I do a lot of work with uh, clients as it relates to e-newsletters and demonstrating their inner genius within their newsletters and adding value, um, as well as the promotional books uh, uh, boxes down the bottom of a newsletter. It surprises me the number of people that have never looked at one of their reports. And I remember going into the back end of an e-newsletter report with a client and said, look at these top 10 people that are opening your newsletter, that have opened your newsletter consistently for the last six uh, weeks or six months, whatever the case may be. Have you had a conversation with those people? Oh, no. Oh, okay. 
and and look that person there is continual consistently sharing your e-newsletter with other people look that person's got 20 you know times that they viewed it trust me if you would actually look at the back end of your uh, your e-news reports you have at least 10 sales ready sitting there waiting for you you just need to acknowledge the person that's fallen in love with you that just needs a little nudge and maybe just wants to have a cup of coffee with you even if it's a virtual coffee or a discovery call because they're ready to buy and that's a statistic that we miss out on marketing dollars. So looking at your reports, knowing your numbers, connecting with those that have fallen in love with you, that is sharing your information, that are looking at your, your information repeatedly. And that information is very easy to see in your uh, email newsletter reports. Okay, that's just can bring it back a set because Sally's gone into rant mode. <laughs> that is so important for sale. Because it's like yeah. what you said, your sales are sitting there or uh, a very hot lead that you've been ignoring for months and months is sitting there um, waiting for that that coffee or that offer or that, that urgency. Yes. Waiting for that email that says, this month only, book yeah. this. Um, and and they'll, they'll move uh, to becoming a client. Yeah, absolutely. And even as simple as um, as simple as um, ringing them up, and that's sort of the strategy from a business development we come into uh, come from, is hey, ringing that person up and saying, hey, I've noticed you've been on my newsletter for a while. I was just looking, haven't looked before, and I've seen that you've opened all of the ones, and that you really particularly liked this one that was on profitability. Is there something that could could we arrange a time to have a chat, and I might be able to give you some more tips on it? You know, talk about over deliver and wow a customer. Um, wouldn't you, wouldn't we all love to have that experience? That's yeah. the opportunity that's sitting in, in your in your reports and in your data. Yes. Beautiful. So the next one we were going to talk about is winging it and how winging it is bad for business. And I've been totally guilty of winging it for a very long time and in, 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 and in lots of cases, but certainly love now systemization and automations that help um, that process and helps create the ability to scale. Some of the areas um, from a wing it perspective is people um, try to create content all the time on the fly. Whereas if they were capturing ideas uh, and their rants, like we all have, we all know that we Sally has rants, but you've got tools like uh, Memo Mailer, which is a recording device where you can capture your ideas while you're on the run or good old post-it notes, but catch, catch ideas on the run so you can then sequence them and schedule them into social media but would be one of my greatest trip tips is because people don't capture them, therefore they can't then get them transcribed and create them into content in an easy manner. What are some of the uh, uh, tips or tools that you use to help not non-winging it in business? <laughs> Um, I think I'm I'm big I'm, I'm big on plans and I'm big mm. on sticking to a plan because mm. I think a plan is created um, taking into consideration all this data that we spoke about mm. research and uh, really focusing on the the customer the reader the audience mm. and I think people have this idea that just because I had this idea for a content or I saw the sunset and I took a photo right now, that needs mm. to be posted right now. Yeah. And it doesn't. 
Um, there's time for live things and live events and uh, uh, reels um, that can go like on the fly. Mm. But these are not strategic. And here we're talking about business growth, sales, uh, revenue, return of investment, all of that. Mm. So when I talk to my customers, I say, they're like, oh, no, but creating social media posts is easy. Well, not really. It is easy. Uh, from a personal perspective, as a mom, I can put 50 photos of my cute little five-year-old and I mm. get a million likes from family and friends. Yeah. From business, um, then it's to be strategy, uh, um, a balance, because mm. the other thing, uh, your social media should lead people to like consistently to a message that links back to your brand, that links back to what you service, that links mm. back to who you are in the market. Mm. Um, and I think more often than not, people have this urgency, oh, I'm doing this job. You told me to post about my clients. Yeah, but not every day. Not like oh, yeah. um, this, uh, you know, services like, you know, cleaning something or plumber or like I'm on the job. I'll take a photo and, and there's like this dirty plumbing thing that they're cleaning. I'm like, no. Gross. But then this is my job. That's that's what I do. No, no, no. There's a narrative that needs to get behind it. There's a, the statics that needs to go behind it. And that's the psychology that marketers know a trick or two, yeah. a, a trick or two about it. Yeah. They need to get in that in that thing. So I'm I'm a big like stick to your plan. And that's why yeah. I don't do long plans. I don't do yeah. like even year ones. Yeah. If you're, um, if you can do like three month plans, yeah. because Once then you run. can um, accommodate things quicker. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand this. Oh, this happened right now. I need to post it. Or yeah, no. yeah, yeah. No. I understand. I think that's so important, and that ninety day run um, really does help create the clear strategy, and more importantly, the narrative. Um, and that for the, uh, the work that we both do and the work, the work that I do when I'm working with clients going, okay, what are we selling for the next 90 days? Yeah. What updates do we need to do to, uh, to your LinkedIn profile based on the next 90 days? You know, mm -hmm. what's the narrative? Uh, what are the customer's pain points? What conversations and questions do we need to ask in our sales process that are comfortable for you but actually also help the customer get to the end result that they're looking for? So it all comes down to that strategy, the narrative, the conversation, the plan. And then going back after your 90, 90 days, you go back to your numbers. Because yes. you might be going super eager to post that little photo of you on the job and the numbers are showing that this is the least engagement that you're getting on your page because people are being grossed about yeah. those dirty like, photos that you put in there. And you actually, oh, actually you shouldn't do more of it. You should yeah. look at your numbers. They actually like these other things and, yeah. you know. Um, so I think just, yeah. Be a bit more logical with things. I think people sometimes uh, the winging is just not something logical. It's not something planned yeah, it's, and strategic. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't create that. It does the woo, There's woo, no consistency woo, woo, woo. in winging yeah. either. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 
I think it'd be great, and uh, we've sort of touched on very briefly about the sales process, but I know we're getting close to sort of winding up. So I'd love to talk about uh, not being afraid to outsource. Absolutely. And I think that's a big lesson for all of us, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I know we've had this conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. So you've just recently done some outsourcing yourself. So perhaps if you can share your little bit of a story and then I'll add some of my um, tips and places which people can look uh, look for. Yeah. So uh, one of the things I've, I've, I've read again after I started my business, the E-Myth book, Mm. And talking about being a technician versus being an entrepreneur. And, and I've realized if you spend your entire day on the nitty-gritty of the, the certain areas of your business, which are not your inner genius, so mm. I, I know what I've got to offer to my business. Mm. Uh, the admin is not part of it. The accounts is not part of it. The You know, all these other elements are not the best thing that I get to offer mm. my customer, which is the strategy, the thinking behind of the nitty-gritty. Mm. So um, one of the things I find that really is detrimental to a sales process is you thinking that you need to be the one doing everything. Everything, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think you better service your business by sticking to your genius and saying, mm. why did I start this? And I think you need, uh, some people actually need to sit back and think, should I, if, if I'm so caught up in being the technician, in being doing the tasks, mm. is business really for me? Maybe I yes. need to be someone's employee. And that's okay mm. too. And I think mm. um, there's lots of people who start their own business to then find out, actually, I'm better off working for someone else because... Mm. I don't like this project management part of a business. Yeah, yeah. Um, and outsourcing is the best thing you can do to grow your business. I've done it. I'm sure Sally's done it. And I think yeah. the minute you do it and you take off all these tasks from your shoulder, you yeah. get to focus on what you do best. You get to focus on growing. Yeah. And that's magic. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say absolutely key for growth, but also key for enjoyment level and giving yourself back to your family. Yes, you'll have to do a bit of an extra investment potentially to start with, but the payoff is literally it only takes maybe two weeks and you go, why didn't I do this sooner? Wow. I will yeah. guarantee with outsourcing you'll say, why didn't I do this sooner? Um, so some of the places that people can um, look for outsourcing staff, whether it's accounting or social media or um, just some of the nit some of the nitty gritty stuff we call it some of that grunt work. You've got uh, Upworks, you've got Fiverr where there's um, people that can assist you with that. You've got curation tools, etc., um, and all those sorts of things. But getting off your back, we all wear many, 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 many hats. But there's some of those hats that make you sit at your desk like this. Ugh. Do I have to do this again? They're the tasks that you need to get rid of first because if we can get you out of this uh, and back into the joyous place that you love to be, magic will happen again. So outsource some of those things, whether it's your invoicing, whether some of the whether it's some of the admin, whether it's somebody helping you create the uh, the strategic plan for the your content. marketing, somebody helping you re recreate the content purposing. It is all about keeping you in your inner genius 
uh, in the energy and spirit of joy so you can serve your customers, so you can create those wow factors, so you can also create those, you know, over-delivery moments for your clients as well. And can I just say very quickly, I know we're running out of time, but I think the magic word there is investment versus expenditure. Like you're not spending money, you're investing money that will come back to your business. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, couldn't agree more with that. And that, again, comes back to that mindset. You've got to go have the mindset initially to go in, okay, I'm going to map out some investment for my business because I know that it will come back fourfold, tenfold, etc. but I just need to do this now. I do think it's important to know when the timing is right for you because if you are bringing additional staff members on or support people, you do need to uh, stop for a little while to actually help onboard them or train them. So don't bring people on when you're in a massive, um, you know, massive uh, frantic time period because you you don't then have the time to support them to support you and you can't do brain, brain transplants to people that you bring on. You actually do need to stop long enough to actually give them the insights that you need them to yes. know. And have systems in place that allows them to continue doing the work well. Exactly. So beautiful. As part of um, wrapping up, I, uh, we will need to do that now. Thank you very, very much for joining me again uh, for our very special marketing magic episodes. Thank you, Celeste. Um, next month, we will be back again on the first Thursday or first Friday of the month. And we're going to be talking about profitability and customer service. So we're going to be digging into some more of these elements uh, next month as well. And next week, I've got a very, very special group guests with a very special story we uh, met on LinkedIn and I just went wow I love what this guy stands for I love the story I love that he's on this service of quest uh, and that particular gentleman is uh, Christopher Booth and he has created music for mental health um, and uh, when you meet him, you will understand why I'm so excited. And then when you hear his music, which you'll have the opportunity to do, you'll understand why he's on the quest for the years. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining us again this week. And I look forward to seeing you very, very, very soon. Once again, thank you very much. Take care. Bye. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. I trust you got some inspirational tips to move you forward. See you next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern for more Success Secrets Exposed.